Hey, thank you for having me. Massive week for the Wildcats. You've got Melbourne United on Thursday night. It's a rematch of last year's grand final. It's almost also a rematch of a pretty enthralling game last month. And based on everything we're hearing, the word defence is being thrown around by the coach and the captain today at training. What, what do you expect to see from the team? Uh, yeah, we're definitely uh, going to have to come out and lock out, lock down defensively. Um, obviously, the last time we played, we got up to a very good start, but then uh, we kind of let our full foot off the gas and uh, let them back into the game with our defensive lapses. So uh, this time around, we have to uh, play defense for uh, 40 minutes. So rebounding is going to be another massive factor in the game. You'll be facing Joe Luala Chul again without Matt Hodgson, and JLA is in some extraordinary form. His wife is heavily pregnant, and that could impact on him actually being in- involved in the game at this point. They'll have to wait and see. But how difficult is he to play against? Uh, yeah, he's, really, he's having a really good year. Um, he's feeling confidence. Um, he's just got the green light to shoot. Uh, he's playing very well. So, uh, yeah, it's just going to be up to us, the, the bigs, to try and slow him down and uh, make it tough for him. So I'm really curious about your relationship with him. You, it's amazing to think of how big this world is. You two are born 16 months apart, about a couple hundred kilometres away from each other in Sudan. Both moved to Perth. Both went to the same school here, Kingsway Christian College. Were playing soccer, then chose basketball, end up in America, back in the NBL, and you both won titles. Like It's unbelievable to think of the journey you two have been on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Growing up as kid, uh, kids, uh, uh, definitely had that same uh, goal uh, to play uh, professional basketball. Um, so, like, yeah, we're very close uh, families, uh, family relatives as well. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see him uh, playing well this year. So, were you you being older than him? Were you a year ahead of him at school, or were you a couple of years ahead of him at school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a couple of years ahead of him. So, w- where did the relationship build from then? Uh, yeah, just uh, playing pickup, uh, like during recess, uh, playing basketball, uh, whether it's on a Saturday uh, with a group of friends, just going to play basketball together. Uh, and also, uh, uh, like we're family, really close family friends. Uh, so they used to come over as a family and uh, we'll have like dinner and stuff like that. So, yeah. So was, it, was there a bit of one-on-one in, in the backyard and things like that going on between you two? Uh, I mean, back then, I don't think we were uh, uh, very much into basketball like that. Like, uh, like I said, well, we grew up playing soccer, so there was a lot of uh, soccer games going up uh, in the backyard. But uh, yeah, we kind of like picked up basketball uh, late. I find the soccer background intriguing. You're a 206-centimetre powerful beast, and he's even bigger at 211 and this athletic giant. There's only one non-goalkeeper in the English Premier League who's two metres tall, and you two big guys are trying to play, play soccer. It just doesn't go with what we're accustomed to seeing. Why were you drawn to soccer at that point? Yeah, like growing up, like the sports that was uh, very popular around us was uh, soccer, and uh, that's what our friends were playing. Even uh, my dad grew up playing soccer, so yeah, it was just uh, what we were accustomed to. So, who was responsible for saying to both of you, "We reckon you could be pretty handy at basketball"? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, my mom, uh, yeah, like she was like, "You're pretty tall to uh, be playing soccer out there." Uh, the one thing she told me is like, "Taller you are, the harder it is to fall. It's gonna hurt." So you might, might have to switch to uh, where your height is in good use, which is uh, basketball. So as you progress through the ranks, as I said, you end up in America. He ends up in America, and you both followed a slightly different path to the NBL. How how did you maintain that relationship while you're overseas, or did did you even maintain it, or was it built back up again when you both got back to Australia? Uh, no, we're always, uh, you know, uh, stay in touch wherever someone is at. Not as much as we would like, but uh, everybody just kind of went their own way, doing their own thing, and uh, now back in the same league, which is pretty cool. So how big's the rivalry personally between you two as you prepare to come up against each other? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, uh, after they beat us last time, so uh, definitely going to be ready to uh, make sure we get this win. So you mentioned before that you're both born in Sudan and then you both moved over here. Your sister is involved in a really important project over here. She's the founding director and CEO of the Australian Africa Sports Association. Like, what does she do for people like yourself who have come to this country now and are trying to forge a career in any landscape, whether it's sport or business? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, a really good platform to try to provide the younger generation with an easy path to whether it be basketball or education. Like a lot of people didn't have back when we were growing up, so to kind of have that platform, uh, it's a it's really huge for for the upcoming kids. So yourself, you're involved. Denga Dell's name is part is linked to it. Thon Maker, Peter Boll, the yeah. Olympian Olympic runner, who was such an inspiration to everyone throughout the country uh, throughout throughout the Olympics with his amazing performance. Like, what do you try to bring to help that organisation to to flourish? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, obviously um, having all these people that have been successful uh, in their own sports just come together and uh, just show like the younger generation that you too can do that. So it's just uh, for us to make sure we all reach out and uh, trying to show them the path. It's been a while since you had a chance to see Monica, hadn't it? You caught up with her, I believe, while you're in Melbourne as part of the, the nine weeks away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually uh, caught up. Uh, it was actually in Sydney. She came to uh, the game over there. Yeah, yeah. So I hadn't seen her for the last two years just because of COVID. So it was really good to catch up. It's ironic, isn't it, that all the rest of the team were all disappointed that they couldn't catch up with their family in Perth and you were finding family on the other side of the country. It, it has worked in different ways for people, hasn't it? The, the inability to, to cross borders from a family perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it was definitely uh, tough for uh, everyone, but uh, it, it is it is what it is. Uh, it's the hand we were dealt with, and it was just how to go with it. So it's been an interesting challenge, as we've said, for the team throughout the entire season. It was such a good win the other day in taking your uh, win-loss record now into the positive territory for being on the road. How is everyone feeling now that you're sort of settling back into a more normal lifestyle again? Uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, been great just being back home for these couple of days. Just being, being able to uh, see your family, sleep in your own bed. It's just, uh, you know, uh, it's great. Now uh, we just got to lock back in and uh, try and get some more uh, wins on the road. So this is usually the part of the podcast where I announce the votes for our Dribble Podcast MVP award. But as with a couple of times this season, I was in the voting panel for the actual Perth Wildcats MVP award for the Adelaide game. So we have to keep those votes confidential. But I can provide an update on where we sit with the overall telly. We have Bryce Cotton leading on 36 votes, followed by Vic Law on 28. And then it's daylight to Luke Travers who's in third on 10, such as the dominance of Bryce and Vic this season. As I mentioned before, no, uh, Matt Hodgson at the moment, given he's got a calf injury, which really puts a lot of added responsibility on you. I always look at you as a bloke who wants to have as many minutes as possible rather than resting at any point. You seem to be at your best when you're on court for an extended period. Would that be the case? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, when whenever I play a lot of minutes, yeah, it just gave me the ability to be able to uh, help the team, whether it's uh, rebounding or whatever it's needed for me to do out there. So one of the challenges that you've got, and Matt Hodgson as well, is that this team has been designed to go small ball a, a hell of a lot. Is it difficult when you want to be out there, but you know that the way that the team's been put together, that you're going to have to spend a fair bit of time on the bench when they go small? Yeah, 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 yeah. It definitely is, uh, especially for us big guys. Uh, we want to be out there as well. So um, sometimes it's what's best for the team. But yeah, it is what it is. You just gotta make sure we stay focused and uh, go back back out there and be able to help the team. Scott Morrison spoke at his press conference the other day and said that you two had a, a good chat about that. That you want to be on the court, but sometimes it's better for the team if if you're not because of the way that they're trying to structure up. How important is it for you to be able to have those open conversations with the coach where he can give you a real insight into what he's thinking and it's not necessarily formed 
that he's not putting you on there. It's just that he wants to try a different structure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was great to have that kind of relationship with the coach. Uh, involved on what's going on and everything. Yeah, well, I would trust him with everything we do. We just got to go out there and uh, execute his plans. So what will your focus points be heading into this game against Melbourne, knowing that Joe's in such great nick and that they rebound so strongly? What, what do you have to set yourself to do in this game? Uh, one of the biggest things was uh, would be definitely uh, rebounding. You're going to be short-handed without uh, Magic Hudson, so i got to carry that load of uh, rebounding the ball and also uh, playing defense, stopping their bigs, and also uh, helping out the guards on the pick and roll. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot on the plate, but, uh, yeah, ready to do it. Every time I've interviewed you since the, you did the Achilles in 2020, we've always sort of said I had an Achilles injury at almost the exact same time as you. Had missed the 12 months, the big surgery and stuff, and we've often compared a couple of notes along the way about what it was like doing different things here and there. I found the pain crept back in at random times during seasons. Have you found that that you sometimes wake up and go, why am I feeling pain again today? No, that's actually one of the things that uh, has been great about this whole thing. Like since from the moment I got cleared to uh, start playing again, I haven't felt any pain from there. So the biggest thing they told me was just to keep doing your rehabs even when you're back playing again. So getting your calves strong, um, your legs, uh, your quads and everything. So I've been on top of that and that's what's been helping me doing well so far. Your leap's been really obvious as well. Like you haven't lost anything in terms of your spring, have you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, anything, I feel like uh, yeah, I got stronger and uh, jumping even higher than before I got injured, which is uh, uh, pretty awesome. How lonely was last year, given that you stayed in Perth when everyone else went away for the, for the hub part of it? Like That must have been really difficult to stay motivated and, and just work on your rehab when you know there's no one else around to help you with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very tough. Uh, yeah, like when everyone was away, it was just me out here trying to do the rehab sometimes. Some days you're mo- motivated, sometimes you're not. Um, it's just up and down. But uh, we just got to go through with it. Couldn't do nothing about it. Just watching uh, the guys on TV, not being able to be out there and help them out. But uh, yeah, I just uh, stayed the course and uh, worked out at the end. We're at an an interesting time in the world when you look at dates. Like today, we were doing this interview. It's March 8, which is the anniversary of the last time basketball was actually normal. It was the Wildcats beating Sydney Kings 88 86 at Kudos Bank Arena in game one of the 2020 Grand Final Series in front of 12,000 fans. And five days later, the gates were locked at RA. Arena for Game 2, and then just shortly after that, Game 3 was played, and then it was all over Red Rover. They cancelled the series. What are your memories when you look back now of winning a championship in that unique way? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely a very unique championship, especially the way uh, it ended. But uh, yeah, we can't really complain about that. Um, we were up 2-1, so the game was cancelled. Uh, yeah, it was fitting that we should have won the, the title, and uh, we right, rightfully deserved to win it. And you've won one with Melbourne as well. Like Being a dual championship player, there aren't too many blokes in the, the comp other than Perth Wildcats guys, it feels like, who, who actually won two. Like, it's been such yeah. a dominant dominant performance by Wildcats over the years. What's it meant to you to have had the success that you've had and know that you've got a, a long time in your career to go to chase some more championships? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a great feeling uh, winning a championship to different clubs and also joining a team like the Wildcats, a uh, great organization that I've won for so many uh, times. Uh, it just gives you uh, that more of a chance to win more uh, when you join them. So, uh, yeah, very happy to be here. Looking forward to winning more championships. Were they different in terms of the way the clubs celebrated them or commemorated them or looked back on them? It's like Wildcats have obviously won so many. Uh, in the aftermath of it all, what's, was there much of a difference between championship success and how it was celebrated by the 
the by the teams. Uh, I wouldn't say there's much difference because uh, at the other day, a championship is a championship. Uh, you're gonna have to celebrate when you win one because uh, it's not easy being able to win one. Like all the teams are competing, you're trying to win one, and uh, when you do come up on top, yeah, you just gotta make sure you celebrate. So yeah. How do you rate your chances of, of winning another one this season? Yeah, our chances are very good. Um, I like our team. Uh, I like our coaching staff. Uh, I trust them in putting us uh, in a good position to win a championship. Uh, so we just got to continue to get better. Uh, that's the most important thing. We just want to make sure we play our best basketball uh, towards the end of the season. So we just got to have to keep growing. And just finally, we have a segment on the dribble called This or That. Just jump to either side of the fence, which you think when it comes to this question. And the question is, we're seeing such a rise in the standard of both the NBL and the WNBL in this country. We're still at 40-minute games after changing from 48 minutes a few years back. Like, Do you think we're now at a stage where we could go back to 48 minutes? Or do you think 40 minutes is the, the ideal length of time for a game? Uh, definitely 48 minutes. And wh- why? Why do you like that idea? Because uh, I feel I will give uh, a lot of players chances, even the guys who don't play a lot, to get a chance to be able to get in the game uh, with a 48-minute game. Is that a real challenge? I mean, like we've seen the, the bench guys get one or two minutes a lot of the time, and it's not a good chance to develop the game. We saw yeah. that how, how good you became when you left Melbourne initially to, to go to New Zealand and then over here. Like, If you're not yeah. playing, is it really hard to actually get better just based on the training? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard because uh, at the end of the day, you need to be able to get in the game. Otherwise, yeah, you're definitely not going to be able to get better by just training. Because um, otherwise, if you're training and not getting in the game, then uh, you're not really doing much. Uh, getting better so yeah it's tough yeah 48 minutes would certainly add to people's careers that's for sure give them more opportunities I'm sure Bryce would still spend 47 minutes on the court but I'm sure there'd be plenty of bench guys who would enjoy it well look thank you so much for joining us you're a brilliant story uh, and may get even better later this season not too many people have won one NBL title let alone two for multiple clubs and hopefully for your sake and for the team's sake you'll be around the mark and trying to get a third in a couple of months time so good luck for the rest of the season oh thank you very much